So I've talked about how Apple is one of those companies that I just never bought into because I was waiting for the price to come down. I was waiting for their valuation to meet my criteria a little bit better. And we've been talking about the last few weeks how companies like Apple and big tech are overvalued in the market. So clearly, this is a time that I would not be buying them. Well, it was. I bought Apple at the top, and I'm going to tell you why. On this episode of the Build, Invest, Live podcast, we're going to walk through my thought process on buying Apple at the top and why I think the biggest company in the U.S. is still going to be a long-term winner, even at these prices. Also, we'll go through some earnings results on companies in my dividend growth portfolio and take a look at how it's performing overall. So let's get into it. So I told you guys before that there were two particular stocks that I never was able to buy into. And one was United Health, which we talked about a few weeks ago that I was finally able to buy into because it dipped. And that's worked out very, very well so far. But the other stock was Apple. And whenever it dipped, there was always something else out there that was just a little bit better valuation, looked like the better buy. And so I always put my money elsewhere. And the challenge with a company like Apple is that they always feel like they're comparatively overvalued compared to other opportunities that are out there in the market. And that's the premium that you pay for a wonderful company, as Warren Buffett would put it. And Warren would know because almost 50% of his portfolio right now is literally Apple stock. And if you watched my last video, you know that I just got out of my waste management position. And that was a tough one for me because I really do believe in their business. I was looking at their valuation and their outlook, and I was just wondering how could I actually justify this? Their price to cash flow was at an all-time high. Their valuation and the DCF and multiples models wasn't really close to what the stock was trading at today. I mean, even in the ballpark. And when I was looking at that waste management valuation, it made me think of all the times that I looked at Apple and passed on it. Price to cash flow at an all-time high, stock trading almost at an all-time high, the DCF model not really being close to fair value, and those are all the reasons that I never bought Apple in the past, but yet here I was holding waste management in that same situation. So I took a step back and I simply asked myself, in 20 years from today, will I have rather have held on to waste management or would I have rather have bought Apple? And to me, that was a very easy question to answer. So I bought Apple at the top and I'm good with it. Now, I won't go through a full stock analysis on Apple, at least not in this video, but I'll give you guys some specifics as to what I was looking at and my thought process around why I bought in, even at the top. So in terms of the DCF model, it wasn't really close, much like waste management was. Now, in terms of their multiples model, it was, but only because I decided to compare them against other big tech and AI peers, whereas you know most websites list companies like Dell and HP as Apple's peers or their competitors. I mean, I know that they sell hardware, but I just don't necessarily agree that those are really Apple's competitors. Hardware is obviously an important part of Apple's company, but it's not the most important part going forward, in my opinion. And even if you say that it is now and you compare them against companies like Dell and HP, I don't know that anybody would really agree that HP and Dell are true competitors to Apple. But that's just me. And the crazy part is that if I actually use their big tech counterparts, it shows that Apple may even be slightly undervalued, which sounds kind of crazy. But overall, here are the main reasons why I like Apple long term, even at these prices. And a couple of these I know you heard before, but there's one in particular that I don't think we're talking about enough. So number one, Apple's migration to higher margin services revenue. 
Apple continues to grow their service-based revenues quarter after quarter, and that includes things like the App Store, Apple Music, iCloud Plus, now they have the Apple One bundle. And the great thing about that revenue, number one, is that it's more predictable. You're getting paid every month, they're on annual plans. Plus, number two, it's higher margin revenue. So while they may not be selling as many iPhones, as long as they're keeping people into the Apple ecosystem paying that service subscription revenue, they're making even more money. And that brings me to the second reason why I like Apple so much long-term. Their ecosystem is so highly integrated and they have an extremely loyal brand following. And Warren Buffett recently talked about this when explaining how much he loves Apple and how wide their mode actually is. He said that people wouldn't give up their iPhones for $10,000, which if you think about it, it's just a crazy statement, right? Like you bought a phone, it was probably in the ballpark of like $1,000. You wouldn't take 10X on it because it's so important in your daily life. That's a crazy thought. And then lastly, the thing that I don't think people are talking enough about is the power that Apple's own chips that they've been creating gives them going forward, especially as it relates to AI. Now, I hate to use the word AI because it's so overused and it's such a buzzword, but I do think it's important when you think about Apple's future. Now, when I first used a Mac with the M1 chip, I was blown away by the speed and power in such a small form factor and with such little RAM and other things that you would normally get with a computer. Like I personally edit 4K video with a base Mac Mini M1 and a MacBook Pro M1, but even the Mac Mini can handle 4K video in its base model with the M1 chip. It's unbelievable. Now they have the M2 chips, and what I think will give them a huge advantage is the additional horsepower they can get directly tied to their own hardware. And how I think this relates to AI is Apple will have the unique ability to do AI-related processing on their own hardware, on their own chips, literally in your front pocket. So instead of having to make remote API calls to a server somewhere, if they can process some of that on device instead, it offers a lot of potential benefits for AI-related features. Better reliability, better speed, better portability of features, and lastly, better privacy. And that's something that I think is exciting about the future of Apple that I haven't heard a lot of people talking about. It would allow them to have the tightest and hopefully most seamless integration of AI features into the place where it can actually become a value add in our daily life, on our phone. So of course, only time will tell on any of this, but that's why when I looked at my waste management position, I looked at the valuation and I compared it to Apple and the opportunity going forward. I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy the top and I'm just going to hold for a long time. So I'm confident in the buy, even at all time high prices, but Apple does have earnings this week. So be prepared for it to completely dump since I finally bought it. You know how that goes. Speaking of earnings season, I've had multiple companies in my portfolio already report and McDonald's was one of them. McDonald's crushed earnings this quarter because they beat on revenue and earnings both. They had sales growth that was up double digits in all segments. They expect 1,500 net restaurants for the year, and they gave full-year operating margin guidance of 45%. Now, when you look at McDonald's from a valuation perspective, by just about any traditional measure, they are overvalued. So if we look at their buy and hold valuation, it's astonishingly low from where they're trading at today. And even in the multiples valuation, comparing them to their peers, they're still relatively overvalued. Now, McDonald's is a slightly different business than some of their competitors in that they are kind of like a pseudo real estate company in how they deal with their franchises. But they're also McDonald's. They're a long-term winner. 
They're a defensive stock that's owned by pension funds. And that's actually really similar to how waste management was, right? So you might be wondering, why'd you get rid of waste management? And you look at McDonald's and they're just as, if not more so, overvalued by all these traditional measures. And for me, it's really about what I feel comfortable with in the future going forward. You know, I think McDonald's prospects in terms of continuing to convert to higher margin franchises and constantly updating their menu and pricing are way more attractive to me than what waste management was doing. And that's, you know, a personal opinion. That's just my perspective. McDonald's has such a strong and recognizable brand and they keep trying new things and innovating. And we actually love it ourselves. Like I have a ton of fond memories of going to McDonald's as a little kid with my grandpa. And even when me and my parents would be on road trips or we'd be moving to a new state, we would stop at McDonald's and it was just familiar and it was fun. And I have great memories of that. And I've continued that as an adult now with my own kids. Like me and my daughter have this tradition where we go and have McDonald's breakfast together. And it's something that I cherish. Now, that alone doesn't make a good stock investment thesis, right? But again, I'm a huge believer that if you appreciate and enjoy and admire the companies that you're invested in, it makes it that much better. This is ultimately what makes investing interesting to me. It's like we all have different perspectives and viewpoints, and you're just hoping that your method and your thought process is going to get you a return that you want. To me, that's fun. I don't know. I'm weird. Okay, next up is Valero. Now, Valero has continued their solid execution, and this was actually a position that I got into earlier this year. I made a video actually on May 30th um, talking about my initial entry and why I got in. So I started buying at the end of April, early May timeframe, and I built up a position with pretty good entries, as low as $106, and up to the 112, 113 level, I kept kind of buying in small increments. And this idea has aged beautifully, with Valero being on a really nice run as of late, and it's actually my best performer right now in terms of return and I think it's still undervalued. So I'm looking to continue adding it to my portfolio. They had their earnings call last week, and while they missed on revenues, they beat on earnings. Now with Valero, since their business is in refining, their revenues are going to be impacted anytime gas prices go up and down, so it can be pretty volatile. But beating on earnings is good, and it's a common theme for them as a company. Also, with how much they've been buying back shares, I would expect them to use that cash to either keep doing that aggressively, or in addition to that, raise their dividends substantially. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get into the beginning of next year, and they announce a pretty hefty dividend raise. But we'll just have to wait and see. This is actually another good example of the contrast that I saw between a company like Valero and my position in waste management. Because Valero is also in a very highly regulated industry that has a lot of pressure around ESG requirements and political posturing. And even though Valero is in a business that isn't nearly as consistent as waste management is, it's still at a price level that is undervalued or at least fair valued to where there's some room for error there going forward as they continue to run their business. And both companies are paying dividends and buying back shares, but since Valero's at a better valuation, they're buying back those shares at a better price compared to what waste management is doing. And to me, those are things that really compound value over time and one of the reasons why I like Valero so much. So overall, pretty good earnings so far. We'll see what Apple does this week. And then I also have Lowe's and Walmart coming up later in August. Just taking a quick look at my portfolio overall, you can see that my big winners so far have included Valero and United Health, even though I just recently added them to my portfolio. The other one is Lowe's, obviously, which has just been an amazing performer for a long time. But this shows the power of finding great companies trading at a good price. It allows you to get a great return with less risk because you're buying at times when it's undervalued as opposed to overvalued. And I say that as I just bought Apple at close to its highest price ever. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out compared to some of these other ones where I was a little bit more patient. They've already shown nice returns. And so we'll see if my decision to be impatient with buying Apple will pay off the same. But only time will tell. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Build Investor Podcast. Hope you guys have a great week out there. Financial independence is true freedom. So keep building a stack of wins. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.